Hey, what's up, guys? This is Juliet, and you're listening and watching to Broken Girl Unchained podcast. And oh my God, it's been a minute since we've been back. Yes, it has. I miss it. I miss you. I miss you like just rolling your eyes at me all out loud and shit. <laughs> I'm sure we'll have the opportunity tonight. <laughs> oh my God. You're just like, I, do I annoy you? Sometimes. Yeah, a lot. No. No. Sometimes it's minimal. It's minimal. Minimal annoyance. Minimal. Well, we have uh, an amazing guest today. <laughs> um, and I actually, he found me on Instagram and he he has an amazing podcast. We were listening to it. Blah, 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 blah. We were listening to it the other night. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, no, he has a, a extraordinary story to tell. And um, he has a lot to say. <laughs> Does he have a name? Well, I'm getting there. I'm, okay. I'm getting there. Okay. I'm getting there. Like, chill the fuck out. <laughs> chill. I'm amping up the crowd, warming them up. Right. Okay. <laughs> no, he, his, his story is extraordinary because it's just, it has so much depth and different dimensions and like, it's like, no shit, no way. And you're like dodging cars and shit with him. And the next thing you know, it's like, oh shit, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm like, fuck. Um, and he's also a comedian. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Uh, hey, everybody. My name is Brian Sobolewski. Uh, That is Polish. I didn't say it. That's why I had him do it. <laughs> very much. Brian Sobolewski. Um, I am Polish and uh, half Polish, half Russian. And uh, why is my story extraordinary? Um my father, brother, and I robbed jewelry stores all over New England for five years. In total, what I have recorded on my podcast, Family Jewels Podcast, is 22. And what's unique about this is um, I actually recorded calls between me and my dad. So as I was going through this, I'm like, I smoke a lot of weed and... <laughs> And I'm going <laughs> through lot. this whole thing and I'm like, wait a minute, which robbery was this? And which robbery was that? So so I chronicled 22. My dad was arrested for six. My brother was arrested for four and I was arrested for one. Why was I only arrested for one? Because I am average height, average eye color, average looks, average build, average everything. I've been in multiple lineups that the state police put me in. And I got out of it by being <laughs> indistinctive, like like indistinctive. That's not even a human word, but like if it's it, not a human word, <laughs> it's not. It's, not. It, it's otherworldly. But like if you were in a lineup right now, broken girl, uh, you would be picked out in a second. But the problem is when they put you in a lineup, they have to make the lineup even. So they would have to find five other women with hair like that. Like this. So when they put me in in lineups, they put me in lineups because as soon as as soon as they put me, as soon as I knew I was gonna be in a lineup, I shaved. My head. <laughs> Just kidding. I shaved my head because I knew in the last robbery that I did, I had I had a mullet. That's pretty, that's Mike, pretty, that's pretty fucked distinct. up, <laughs> Mike. No, no, Mike knows Fuck the mullet. Over Mike, come <laughs> You know the mullet, man. I had the mullet, and I can't wait till it comes back. It's back. When? It's, it's <laughs> oh, back. Not just lesbians? No, not no, just... no. It's it's back. You got to watch like like 
it's back, man. There's there's kids with mullets all over the place. Man. I'm so excited because I can't wait because like I am. Oh my god! Yeah, it looks I'm like you're built. prepping. <laughs> so no, I did one of the it, one of the robberies right after I got back from Mexico, where all there is to do in Mexico is just bake in the sun. So I was like, wow! I was super tan and I had a mullet. Oh my so god! I went like a straight up Chiquita banana. <laughs> so the guy when he walked through he walked through twice which i'm going to tell you something that does weird shit to your colon like when you're in a police lineup and you know you're guilty i'm sorry if you're in a police lineup and you're innocent chill out like relax like but i was where guilty. do you get your flamboyance from um i'm just a flamboyant person what's wrong with you <laughs> but <laughs> I was in this lineup, and and I got to tell you, it was uh, me, uh, four other state police officers that looked like Mike, and a homeless <laughs> guy. A homeless guy that they didn't even bother to sober up. Like the go, the homeless guy was like number one, and he was like, <laughs> so so the guy came through twice to pick me out, and he ended up picking up number six, and I was number five. And I got to love my lawyer for this. I, I would pay him another $10,000 for my defense because he went up to this cop and he said, hey, I think you're in trouble. Here's my card. <laughs> <laughs> so so my story, um, as amazing as it is, as extraordinary as, as it is, the first year that I wrote the Family Jewels book, um, I wanted to use it as a tool to talk to high school kids. And the first year that I did that, I went to Lexington High School in Massachusetts, and they are a, um, they're the type of school that that it's a high school, but it says, "Hey, I'm going to mimic what it's going to be like when you go to college." Mm -hmm. Like half of the school is Asian because China's just like, "Hey, that's a great school system that prepares you for that." And they had me come back five years in a row. And the last time that I went there, and I can send you a picture of this, I stood in front of 1,500 students. Wow. Like all of these kids. Now, listen, none of these kids are going to rob 22 jewelry stores. <laughs> <laughs> I hope. Maybe. If they do, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but but, but the reason the, the school appreciated me was because the kids actually just knew I was real. Mm -hmm. So the last time I was there, this little girl in 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 a sea. What of were you 15... driving? What what what? What were you driving? When? During this time frame. <laughs> what was I driving as a car? Yeah. Um, I think I had a a Volkswagen Jetta. You're robbing banks and you have a fucking Jetta. Uh, wait, when did I say I robbed? I mean, not banks. banks. <laughs> Hold on a second. I have to tell you I something. Mean... <laughs> the funniest story I ever heard in prison was because this guy came up to me and he was a he was a, a seasoned convict, and he came up to me and he says, "Hey, you know, when I stood in front of the judge, he was like, hey, do you have a drug problem?'" The guy was like, "No," and he goes, "So why are you standing in front of me?" He goes, "I had a money problem." That's why I I rob banks. But anybody after 1980 will tell you that robbing banks, there's no money in it. You'll get 1500 bucks. Mm -hmm. Wow. 1500 bucks. You know why? Because it takes 90 seconds to just get into the safe. And all of the tellers don't have any more than eh, five to 1500 bucks. And most of it is going to be inked 
you're not getting out of there. And if you do <laughs> walk out of there with 1500 bucks, you're doing 30 years federal time. Damn. Federal so, time's okay because they have Hagen dazs like they have ice cream. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is um when they get locked up in federal, I mean, there's another uh what is it called? I'd rather get up. I, I'd rather get go to like federal. I'm not gonna even put that federal, in the fucking yeah. universe. Well, don't fuck they, don't isn't the nickname, don't they call you'd rather it go to federal prison like than that. state? Huh? You'd rather go to federal prison than state? Is that not what me? Not me. <laughs> I'd rather not nothing. <laughs> You'd rather not go to prison at all. I'd rather just. Well, wait yeah. a minute. I've seen you a couple of videos of you wrestling with police officers where they let's should. Not, like, let's move on. Let's move on. So is it true? I mean, they call it, it's nicknamed Club Fed. And is that kind of true? Or because I mean, at one point in time, Alcatraz was a federal prison. But that was, you know, that was different. They they built Alcatraz to host the the non unreformable or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. what I mean? like Al Capone was there. There's Shingon a great Kelly tie in here with Alcatraz because that's where Whitey Bulger started his prison sentence. Uh -huh. He was 20 years old. He was sentenced to Alcatraz. He was subject to psychedelic experiments while he was there. And then they let him out and he came to Boston. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to know why Boston's so fucked up is because that that was his first stop and I'll tell you as a kid I grew up with the Anjulos and the Anjulos were pre-Bulger so so the Anjulos ran a very tight ship in Boston there was a section of Boston it was three blocks and it was called the combat zone and you walked into the combat zone and you can get blow you can get weed you can get a hooker you can you can go to a strip club but when take you your pick. Up, <laughs> take your take pick, your but pick. when you stepped out of the combat zone, if you acted like an asshole, either the mob or the cops just thumped the shit out of you and said, go back to the combat zone to do that. Uh -huh. Don't do it out here. And Boston was a well-run machine. I love the Anjulos, man. I, I they were they just ran a great city, and then Whitey Bulger ratted him out. And they all got arrested and all ended up doing federal time. And that's the only reason why my father, brother, and I were able to rob jewelry stores over a five-year period. Because if we did that during the Anjulo uh, reign, they would have come up to us and said, hey, you're not allowed to rob them. Or, hey, what did you get from them? Give us 50%. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? Like, that that's the way they run it. But, but, but Bulger just said, hey, let's just run wild. He didn't give a fuck. So he was just like, like, like the... I, I guess I could the best comparison I could make is like a moderate like the the Joker kind of from the Batman movies, like oh. hey, let's just fuck shit up and mm -hmm. see what happens, right? A hundred percent. And that he ran wild over Boston. So again, <laughs> we could not have robbed 22 stores during the um Anjulo reign unless they either got us cut or um they would have just thumped us. They would have just they would just said, Hey, never do this again here. So so tell me a little bit more about your um, your relationship with your dad. Oh, boy. Uh, my dad was a very difficult guy. My dad was the last of his generation. Like he was the kind of guy that you could leave in an empty field and you would come back and he would have built things. That's right. that's cool. So so <laughs> let me ask you this. Go. So it was your your older brother or younger brother? 
Well, I only have an older brother. He was three older years brother. Old. Okay. And, he, and, and he then looked like, and he looked like him. <laughs> <laughs> how how much do you weigh, Mike? Uh, about two hundred pounds. Okay, my brother was always between two thirty and two forty, but he was a type one diabetic. So a type one diabetic, um, it, it needs insulin because his pancreas is just shut down. So I call my my brother the giggling Hulk. Because when his sugar used to go low, he used to start to giggle, but he would kick the shit out of anyone that came near. <laughs> like he would just cause destruction everywhere. And that's how you knew his sugar would go low. Um, it, it was it was a difficult life for my bro. And so I had an older brother. I had a younger sister that's actually not my dad's kid. Yes. The, this His story Ooh. gets really interesting. <laughs> really it's interesting. Different. But I mean, let's kind of mix it up a bit and do like, um, maybe we can have, maybe we can talk about life in prison and then we'll go back to all, all of that or no. Okay. I don't know. I'm asking you. I don't know. I just want to talk to Mike. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. Um, um, (laughs) he's all okay. (laughs) That's nice. <laughs> is, is very is very difficult. It's so funny because um, there's a weird hierarchy in prison. Now I have a joke when I get on stage that this is this is the best way, and I know how disturbing this is, but this is the best way to describe prison. If I rape you and then kill you, the rest of the inmates are gonna hate me, and I have a target on my back. But if I kill you and then rape you, I'm the king. (laughs) Okay. Understand that? Like, it's so fucked up, but it's like, Mm -hmm. that's what they respect. So if you walk in there and you've ever touched a kid, you've ever touched a woman, like, don't go in there for domestic violence. And I have to also tell you, there's an inner culture. So there are regular guards. And then they're what they, they they would call them IPS. They were inner perimeter security. These guys wore black uniforms and they would basically try to keep. Again, there's a hierarchy. So if you're in there for a sex offense and oh, my God, half of the prison population is in there for sex offenses. They they only have so many people to put into protective custody. The rest of the people have to sit in population with doctored up paperwork. So the first thing that you do with another inmate when you go to a new cell is, hey, what's your paperwork? Let me see it. And you, you open their envelope and you open it up and you say, hey, these are their list of charges. The IPS were responsible for doctoring that up for pedophiles that didn't qualify, which I don't even know what the fuck that means, for protective custody. Wow. So we had them amongst us. So it, the problem in a cell was, hey, somebody just came up to me and says, hey, your new cellmate is a pedophile. You got to get him out of there. Mm-hmm. So you're guilty by association. If you have somebody in your cell that's a Skinner, and we call them Skinners, <laughs> that sounds <weird>. terrible. <laughs> it's terrible because um, that is fucking the, terrible. That is what like was hell. the principal's name on The Simpsons was Principal Skinner. Skinner. We call them Skinner, which meant you were in on a skin beef. Because mm-hmm. It's a skin beef. If you were there for children, it was uh, very very different. We called those, um, it was a very different name. Hold on. It's it's escaping me at the moment. Skinner's uh, Diddlers. 
So uh, Father... Diddlers, diddlers. Diddlers. Diddlers, we called them. So do you remember Father Gagan? I don't know if you remember, but in Massachusetts, he was the first Catholic priest priest that went down for abusing multiple kids. And he was in Concord at the time that I went to Concord State Prison. That's when I learned the difference between a Skinner, which is somebody that, God, I hate the word, but rapes, and somebody that goes after kids, which is called a diddler. All of those people, ha- like, if you want prison cred, stab one of them. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, that's the way that goes. Damn. Damn. Well, that sounds rough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just getting, getting used to the logo. I, I'm not going to lie. Like, no one wants to, like, like go to jail, have someone's rip, like, rip your freedom away from you. You know what I mean? But... There's so many oh, other no, I people deserved that it. should I be it. in jail. I deserve it. No, and, and I walked away from prison with an appreciation for prisons. Yeah. And everybody should be afraid because America <laughs> jails more people than every country combined. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. so, so what did you do? What, what I mean, you were in there for how long? Three years. Three years. So what did you do to kind of... Um, readapt to you know be a chameleon chameleon you know what i mean what what was your life like i mean like what was showers like what was taking a shit like okay this is great also great fucking questions in all the <laughs> i've ever done nobody's asked me those questions all I right mean, do you do you guys have have you been butt raped oh, don't no. ask that. Don't <laughs> ask. i don't know what we have an interesting topic we're going to talk about this we're going to talk about this because i promised him we're going to put this on the show okay so So remember remember toy story Mm -hmm. okay remember i would be like no pegging yeah okay he likes to be pegged he he swears by it Wait a minute. He what, says, as long as it's by... going on right now? Somebody is... <laughs> I don't even know what pegged is. Like, I bet you, you like to get fucked in the ass. Wait, no, no. I never said that. <laughs> what did you Here's say? Here's my game. Wait, Mike. Mike, Mike well, what, what's, ask you what's your narrative? Hey, we just turned left, so I'm, I'm just trying to... I'm, I'm going to ask you this question. The reason I asked this is because my ex-wife was was like her. And she didn't ask me <laughs> questions like, um, thank you. Thank you. When do you hear him say anything nice? Okay. I be so mean. <laughs> so she didn't ask me questions like, do you think my girlfriend is pretty or do you think I'm fat in this? The first question she asked me was, if I bang you with a strap on, is it gay? <laughs> so Mike, answer that question. Don't even look at her. <laughs> no. No, thank no, you. So good. the joke that I have on stage is, hey, if I say, yes, it's gay, it's ignorant. And if I say, no, it's not gay, I'm pretty sure I'm getting banged with a strap on. Yeah, there's no win to that, man. <laughs> no win. No like, I heard that's no the that. ultimate orgasm. And he's just like, it is. But no, not in a prison shower, you fucking psycho. No, I'm not saying you would do that in a I'm just saying you you have you I mean you do. I never question anybody's erotic. Really? You know that. I never do. Well, never, this has ever, been, ever. So oh, sorry. I had a job 
I used to work as a, I work off and on as a freelance writer, along with my, my regular nine to five job. And what is a regular nine to five job. It, it is what it is. So I don't talk about that on the air. So, <laughs> but um, one of the jobs I had was I had to make this, it was a review of reviews, basically. So I had to take all these reviews um, for sex toys and I had to make this like, but they never gave him any samples. I had to make, Wait, like a, but who was writing the sample? Who was writing the reviews? It's the, a bunch uh, of people reviews. who would use the, so let's say like this, this product's on Amazon and it's a prostate massager. Right. And there's all these people that have reviewed and then these things. Butt plugs. And then, so I had to fucking, I had to take all these reviews and put them into like a pro and con kind of article that then the company could then put back on their site. That was like, here's what's good about it. Here's what's bad about it. Here's what, you know. So I, I had this gig and, and all of it, that's, she just glommed onto that because the first fucking <laughs> thing, the first thing they sent me, it was like, it was about prostate massage. Yeah. And, and, and that was seriously, that was what, three years ago. And for three fucking years, I have heard nothing except anytime sex comes up, it's all about, hey, you can let someone stick something in your ass. <laughs> so I got to tell you this. I grew uh, I met my ex-wife and she was, uh, she was a very, very strong willed woman. And at the time, like, you know, you could go to two different porn stores. You could go to the male oriented one where you walk in and there's leather and just everything and wow. strap on. There was this place called, and I'm just so embarrassed by the name. It was called grand opening. <laughs> That's a great, and it, but it was, a, <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> it was tucked in the back of this little mini mall. But when you walked in, there were tables full of female oriented sex toys and a, like, it was like the, the, I, the iTunes store of female vibrators. Oh my gosh. You well, would I walk mean... up and the, and the girl would be like, so what kind of orgasm would you like? Would you like a D-sport orgasm or would you like a clitoral <laughs> orgasm? Would you like vibration? And what type of vibration do you like? And then there was this little tiny section <laughs> in the back for guys. And all the thing in the back was, hey, either put a cock ring on or stick something up your ass. Those right. are the only other two fucking options a guy has. But a woman, holy Christ, what right. a sea of wonderfulness you guys have <laughs> in that store. And I'm oh, just... Well, well, think about that. That's kind of indicative of how of, of how the sex lives are, are portrayed, right? For the women, it's all about here's 10 things to do, 100 things to do. Here's your checklist. Do this. And then, you know, for the women, it's like, oh, A, touch your man's penis. Yeah. B, get a towel. You know, like, <laughs> it's, it's like that. So I got to tell you something. When I met my ex-wife, she, she was... <laughs> My ex-wife was so sophisticated so <laughs> that I, ha I had a fitness director at the time. She was a lesbian. So I sat down with her and I said, hey, what's the best way to please my ex-wife? And it was so enlightening because when you talk to a lesbian about giving a female oral sex, the first advice she gave me was, hey, Bri, you can't murder the pussy. <laughs> you can't try to murder the pussy which was so it was so amazing because it, like, it was a light bulb moment moment because a guy gets off by pressure and intensity and speed and and she was like none of that matters from there she just told and i was with my ex-wife for five years and i don't think i fucked her for the past three years 
<laughs> it was all just <laughs> just to go down and show me what the lesbian show me. And it, it, it was amazing advice. So guys, you have to just understand if you want to please her, it has nothing to do with what you think. <laughs> so I mean, I mean, I don't know. I, I I don't know. It's like it's one of those things. It's like when it starts getting close to, around that area, area, it's just like you gotta change tempo. You gotta change tempo. <laughs> are you clinching or are you like ah not like this? <laughs> so I I gotta tell you the the male <laughs> orgasm. I'll tell you this: the lesbian told me that if if women ran the world, missiles would be shaped different. So fuck aerodynamics, huh? <laughs> well, no, because because the the um, launch of a rocket is just such a male. It's just like <laughs> the female <laughs> launch of a rocket would be like, hey, let's just launch for a second and then stop. <laughs> or let's and just let's launch for there. a minute and then stop. <laughs> and then let's just think about the launch and then let's boom, let's go like that. I want to see that. Right. <laughs> I mean, is that is that the like is that something you got? Were, were, I don't even know in how prison. to ask this. I know question. you gotta say, is that what you got in prison? Is that did you learn how to lick pussy in prison? <laughs> I, I wouldn't say that's probably the best place to learn <laughs> just, just, just because of opportunity, you know. <laughs> I was like, so unless there's a lot of like cats running around or something. I would tell him, I would, I would be like, you know, do you, do you drop the soap, bro? I mean, what? Oh happens? wait, wait, like, whoa, what whoa, happens? Whoa. Hey, no, drop the soap all you want, just don't pick it up. <laughs> right. I mean, your don't first reaction, it's like, no, no. Yeah. The first time that I went into the prison, because I'll, all right, here, all right, let's just fucking break it down. Yes, we. When you go into an older prison, they do have big gang shower rooms. And when I was in Concord, it was a big gang shower room. So I had two choices. One is to go in there with multiple bars of soap and a drop a couple just to, to show them I ain't picking either one of them up. <laughs> <laughs> or the other way was like, like when you when laundry in prison is done in bulk, like like they do it in these huge things. When you get your laundry back, from prison it's like it's been microwaved like the outside is really dry but then you open it up and the inside is stinking <laughs> and fucking wet it's disgusting so i used to go into the gang shower fully dressed so i could wash my clothes but i also wanted to send a message that if you were going to try to rape me you're going to have to get through layers <laughs> That was my only defense. That was my only <laughs> fucking defense in prison. Kinda it was like, smart. hey, I got to get multiple <laughs> games. It, it was very strategic. <laughs> it really was. But yes, 100%. That's always the that's always the worry when you end up going behind the wall. I was, I was so afraid to go behind the wall because I lived my entire life based on Hey, if I'm going to go out tonight, I'm not going to go anywhere where I'm likely to be ass raped. <laughs> but like this man here is taking me to I the I mean, what I if someone just grabbed you from behind? Would you be like, no, no, don't take me. Don't take me. Don't butt rape me. Would it be like? No, I would be like, yes, this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. 
Massachusetts, I will tell you, is very, very strict on um, all of that activity. So the first thing that happens when you go into a Massachusetts prison is they look for any evidence that you are involved in any type of gang. So the first thing that they want to do in a prison is shut down any potential gang activity. And Massachusetts was amazing at it because you would go in there and be like, hey, is that a scar that looks like a, hey, you're going in the gang block. <laughs> and the gang block was, they they were put in a 23.5 a day lockdown. So they were down, they only got out a half hour a day. Wow. What's amazing about these guys is they usually put them on the same path. Like you would walk by their block as a new inmate with all your shit, you're carrying it. And you'd walk by the gang block and they would shout things down. They would be like, hey, yo, I can't wait to fuck you. And I can't wait. And like they scare the shit They would say that? Oh my God, it was insane. But I was walking and all of a sudden I'm walking down the, I'm walking down this walkway and they didn't yell anything. And when I got right to the end, they were like, hey, yo, you dropped that. And I turned around and they're like, oh, fuck you. <laughs> oh, man. I and bet I you were like fucking yeah, the fuck out. If if you have a scar, if you have a tattoo, if you have anything that, that looks gang related, Massachusetts will just lock you up. 23 and a you half. You look hours. like bait. You look like lunch. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I bet they ate you all up. Who me? <laughs> no, see, I gotta tell you that I when I was in Concord, I was there with my brother. So I walked into the block with my brother, and my brother walked up the block and he was 260 pounds. How he, tall are you? I'm five one. No, I'm I'm five <laughs> nine. I'm five nine point eight. <laughs> Okay. My, brother, my brother's so your brother's two. really, really tall. Oh my god, he's huge. We're walking down the block, and my brother <laughs> announces to the entire block, he says, Hey, if anybody's gonna do the fucking around here, it's gonna be me. And I'm walking behind him, like, yep, that's what my <laughs> brother said. Nobody touched us. I got shipped to a separate prison. I got shipped to one of the worst prisons in Massachusetts, one where there was a riot. A couple of years before, and the state police had to kill a couple of inmates, and Jesus, so I went to this. That just I, sounds so dramatic, like bullets flying and shit. <laughs> look oh it up, Shirley. Dodgy. Shirley Medium Prison in Massachusetts had a, a one of the worst riots in the early nineties, and I went on the block, and I, I I was like, all right, I'm gonna follow my big brother's advice, oh. and I walked out there, and I was like, hey, if anyone's gonna do the fucking around here, it's gonna be me. And I swear to God, I heard an inmate say, oh, my God, he's so cute. <laughs> I was horrified. It was amazing. <laughs> oh, my God. That was no, awesome. but... <laughs> <laughs> you have like a little mint on your pillow the, the next day. <laughs> never. You leave your never number? <laughs> Dang. So yeah. you've lived like a crazy life, but I mean, uh, one of the first, very first questions I asked him when he reached out to me, I was like, he, and he told me, you know, a, a brief little synopsis of his story. And I was just like, bro, is there, did you stash anything? I mean, did you bury anything? <laughs> was that I got to tell you the worst part of this <laughs> story, that. <laughs> the, wor the worst part of this story. A, as soon as I was arrested, I had two duffel bags full of gold. 
full. I'm talking if you were to, to walk into any jewelry store and walk down their aisle of 14 karat, 18 karat gold chains, thickness, whatever. I had two bags of it, two bags full that I felt like I was doing farmer's walks while I was carrying. <laughs> One of the bags was full, was filled with um, probably about five grand worth of natural pearls. The other one was just filled with gold. And once I got arrested, I I had my buddy hold on to him because <laughs> he does like he does something like very technical on movie sets. So like when I first wrote Family Jewels the book, he 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 said, "Hey, I'm on a." He was on the movie with Robert Downey Jr. where he was with um, James Caan. What was that? Where he had like prostate cancer or something? Whatever. Um, but he was like, "Hey, email me the book." But I was doing a lot of blow at the time, and I was like. I don't think I can do that today. What if I, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I got to go cut the grass 42 yeah. times. <laughs> I got to go dig a hole for 20 minutes. <laughs> um, at the same time, uh, what was I talking about? Your bags. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have jewelry. <laughs> All right. So he had them. So I called him from Cambridge Jail. And what's hilarious about the Cambridge Jail in Massachusetts is it's on the 23rd floor of a very tall building right in the middle of town. Like you are walking through like a very affluent part of the city and 23 floors up. There's a bunch of murderers. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so I called him from there and I was like, I, I was, it's so funny when you think you're like being like, a, like a criminal with a code. You're like, Hey, you know, the things with the thing in it with that shiny and, uh, yeah, dump them in something big. <laughs> I just tried to give him like this code and he threw them away. So my point with that whole long story is, guys, start dumpster diving. <laughs> fortune is out there. It's out there and you could find it. Well, maybe maybe you really like like stashed it somewhere and you can do like a scavenger hunt and have people like go looking for it. Oh, even if I don't have jewelry, I could do that to people, <laughs> right? You can make them. That's a good business venture, right? Right. Fucking well, treasure so hunt, man. Who doesn't like a treasure hunt? hunt? Right, right. You know what I mean? Right. Get a bunch of people. Right. They got to pay you like 150, 200 bucks a team. Seriously. Give them a fucking map to the city and, and say, go for it. Mm -hmm. you know? All right. So, so you guys are in Modesto, correct? Yes. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. Do you guys have duck boats out there? Yes, we do. Okay, so I want to do the Sobolewski duck boat tour in Boston. What the But fuck? I want the driver of the duck boat to not, I want him to act what like he fuck? doesn't know the boat can go in water. <laughs> what the fuck? I, I want the driver to be like, hey, we're going to, and just drive towards the water. So the whole, <laughs> I want to see what that looks like. <laughs> You are fucking insane. Insane. I think this is a good time to take a break real quick. Okay. And Let's then um, we'll be back. Broken Girl Unchained. Thanks for tuning in to Broken Girl Unchained. This segment's brought to you by the upcoming film, The Falcon, Write Your Own Laws. And our good friends at La Casa del Camino Hotel in Laguna Beach, California. Thanks for listening. Hello. Hello. You, you look nice. You have a lot of volume. <laughs> I have a lot. Of, you have a you have a lot of volume for your mullet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bringing it back. I'm bringing it back.
Nice. Nice. What would you do with the mullet, Mikhail? Shave it off. <laughs> Why? You don't want to look like a fucking... No, no you got to understand, his mullet's on the front of his face. See that goatee? That's it. No, I love it. No, I love his it. goatee. I'm Only like, because yeah. it tickles your inner thigh, you moron. That too. <laughs> I love you guys. You guys are amazing. Okay, guys. so let's go ahead and just dive yeah. right in. Welcome back, guys. This is Juliet and Mikael with Broken Girl Unchained podcast. And we are back. Our guest. With our amazing, amazing. <laughs> Did you hear me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, that needed to happen. <clears throat> I don't know what is going on, but I feel all nasally, you know, like my voice is extra like annoying, has an extra echo. No. Oh, oh, extra annoying. No, it's got that same level of annoying. Yeah, no, you are. You live at that that level. I'm on. You're already at 10. I'm already at 10, baby. Your, your, amps, <laughs> your amps go to 11. We're good. <laughs> All right. Okay, so we'll cut that part out. My, my, me. The, I'm aware the. of that. <laughs> okay. Ready? Five, four, three, two, and one. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Juliet and Mikel, and we are back, and we are back with our amazing guest. Oh, my God. The convicted felon himself. <laughs> um, convicted. Yes. Uh, I took a plea deal. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. How many <laughs> how many charges? I mean, like, let's go um, over, like, so, let's revamp your story just quickly, okay. and then we'll pick up right where we left off. Well, we didn't even Perfect. really get into detail with the story yet. Yes, we kind of talked around it. Like, yeah, we just kind of started touching base before the break. Yeah. Okay. So that's what I'm saying. Just to give you a little quick recap, um, Brian here was convicted of uh stop you're fucking me all up with one with one felony right but i mean how many bank not banks jewelry stores did you actually rob you only got convicted for one is that correct i only got convicted for one correct so my dad of the 22 my dad only got convicted for six of the 22 my brother only got convicted for four and of the 22, I only got convicted for one. All of it was based on rats. So I got to tell you something right now. Any Anybody in any situation that hears, hey, I would never rat, that's your first rat. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because there, there's nobody sitting in prison. That was They're probably, okay, so 6 million people in an American prison Three of them right now are doing time for not ratting. <laughs> That's it. Three. That's it. Gotcha. So, so they offered me the opportunity to rat on my father and brother. And I was like, you know what? I got to tell you something. That's just going to make Christmas weird. Right. 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 <laughs> I don't right. want to sit <laughs> across from my father and brother and be like, hey, sorry, I saved my ass for yours. But at the so, same time, you have to understand that my father and brother both walked into prison. Both were six something. Mike, how tall are you? Uh, 5'11". Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I have to do the like the, the like the five nine and three quarters he's thing. He's like a he's like that, that's a for midget. My... What do you mean? A midget for a guy. <laughs> no. No. For us women, well, he's a midget for a guy. What no. am I? A fucking I'm saying, bug? <laughs> right? You know, so there's all this know. shit floating around about you know all these girls who are like, you got to be over no. six feet, blah blah blah. But I mean, but when I can we, all dress up, could we turn that around and be like, all right, well, you got to be you know under one sixty or something? Then then <laughs> then you're the fuck. Then you're the motherfucker, right? <laughs> then you're the misogynistic bastard who's putting he labels on shit, right? in the middle. Did you, <laughs> do you notice listen, that? Listen, listen, broken girl. <laughs> That marry that fucker. You need I, to go I right to. now and I'm buy him to. a ring. No, buy him a ring, man. He won't wear one. He's uh, not a ring guy. I don't wear rings. I told her I get uh, it. All right. Too. So listen, either a cock <laughs> ring or a ring that helps him keep his hands together. Roosters. Sorry, that's gone. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Like propose, do it. He has. We've been engaged for a minute now. Yeah, for. 60 seconds or yeah 60 seconds nah, a long? metaphorical minute <laughs> not a literal oh one so how long <laughs> we've been engaged for probably a solid five years now wow the long engagement mm-hmm. okay isn't isn't like like marriage when you really i don't love... want the contract though i just want the, the con- no stop it just shut up <laughs> <laughs> he always does that Stop it. Just shut up. <laughs> no, marriage is just the next step when you're with somebody that like when you go to bed at night, you're like, hey, if the shit hits the fan, she's going to try to stab anyone that tries to kill us as heartily as I will. <laughs> Where are we burying no, the body? <laughs> just the next step. So marriage for some people is like, hey, I'm going to get in this into this for the first year and let's marry. Let's marry. No, you guys have have weathered the course for enough time to say, Hey, this just feels right. This just feels like the next step. Yeah. We've, we've definitely been through some shit now, you know, and now it's just a matter of getting, getting some money together to actually have the whole thing. <laughs> That's you know? what he's yes. scared about. Yes, he, it's because... a, it's like, every time I talk about it, he's like, it's like a, a look of terror. Well, you know, when you're like, when you're living paycheck to paycheck, it's and just then all of a sudden, you know, like, like no, but, but not no. even that big of a deal. It's just like you know, it's just because he he just thinks about like, <gasps> orgasm. You got you guys are ten fucking steps ahead. Stop it. <laughs> Every baffled look you see on his face is the same thing as saying, "Hey, is it okay if I bang you with a strap on?" <laughs> We just have to hear it in both ears. We got to mull it over. Give us some time. And meditate on it. <laughs> except if Broken Girl has multiple warrants and uh, is dealing with <laughs> multiple lawyers. Jeez. <laughs> you want to be, you be, be cautious. So I got to tell you, one of the worst things in my life. <laughs> One of the things that that, that Mama, hurt me. Wait a minute! It is me. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, it it's not me. It's you. <laughs> no, me. Wait a minute! I I, wait. It's you. <laughs> I can't go anywhere on Instagram and see Mike's. Um, how do I put this? Apocalypse. Apocalypse. <laughs> Explain. 
yeah yeah my um, anything is not really out there you're gonna see like dog videos and oh god <laughs> oh wait shit. there's one video of multiple police around you huh no there's a video on on your instagram of multiple police in like a living oh, room oh yeah yeah, yeah. In a bedroom yeah yeah so what is that is that you yeah isn't it amazing? Back. No, 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 no. Wait a minute. Can you stand up for a second? No. Okay. <laughs> I'm way too uh-huh. high right now. Uh-uh. It's just, no, it's just amazing to me that when you look at that video, it should only take one cop. Yeah. There, you were know, there was seven fucking teen in that room. I know. There there was. Um, there was just a okay, lot you, going no, on. Mike, were you there? Yeah, yeah. Where were you while the cops were there? Standing right there. (laughs) We're standing. They were. They were. They were. uh, You can hear him. They were holding me back. Holding you. So how many cops were holding you? Just one. Just one. Well, will you stand up? I don't know what the deal is with the standing up. I I don't know what the deal is with the standing up. (laughs) No, I just want to see the size of you. So one cop stopped you, but fucking twelve put her down. Yeah, they weren't human, dude. Like, I'm telling you, when you look at that video and when you look at those officers, they're it's their eyes. They're like sunken in and they're no, I'm telling you, these people were not people. Well, they had like extra strength. (laughs) Well, the problem was, you know, fucking cops. I mean, every time to them problem was fucking cops. Well, yeah, I mean, that statement just needs to be that can just be said on its own. Right. But. To, to them, well, when you're a hammer, then everything looks like a nail or however that, that saying goes, right? Oh, you know? my God. I use that all the time. Right? And, and so it's like they come into this situation. They don't know what the fuck's going on. With and, and their instant reaction is a, a violent outcome, yeah. you know, is, is a confrontation when it didn't have to be a confrontation. Yeah, they it could have been. It could have been handled it's diplomatically. Well, they could have. Yeah. Okay, but Mike, let me ask you. You they had came one in... eye on you. How do you know, based on your life experience, it, you must have known one guy's got me. Don't do anything like that. That's cop experience. What do you mean? Like well, you must have had experience with police officers before to know I'm being held back by one. Somebody's fucking up my girl. Like multiple people are like going after my girl. I need to know that if I were to try to protect her, this goes bad guns wrong. It, it was yeah. It could all it could have all gone south real. real That's real. how somebody ends up kneeling on your neck. Right, right. Yeah. So well, the, this guy that, had no. When uh, George Floyd happened, this is when this happened, and they put a knee in my back. You can see it. Mm-hmm. I mean, he put his knee in my back and I, it was just so intense for me because I did. I was still trying to process and just it was chaos, you know, and um, and okay, all it so would have taken let's, was let's, one person just to, to, to fucking talk. Yeah. And, and I right, think right? that that whole thing could have been resolved easily so much easier yeah it would have taken a little time a little more time than it takes to fucking because we're jump all on someone and drag them out everything but, yeah you know there, there's I, no I, I just have to say as much as 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 you're the victim julian <laughs> you feel like man to stand there to stand there and watch that man right like, i gotta what are you tell gonna... you i i want to kick the shit <laughs> 
I, I get angry at the fact that you were able to compose yourself enough to watch that shit go down, man. Wow. Well, it wasn't going to do uh, any of us any good if, if we're both fucking getting hauled out. Well, so. you know what was cool so. about that is like, not that it's cool, but after when they willed me out and put me in the gurney, like the cops, the same cops followed me to the hospital and Mike was behind them. So it was like, and even the paramedic was like, I've never seen this before. I've never oh. seen cops follow us to the hospital unless it's like a murder or, you know, something very, um, anyways. So the cops ended up following Mike and I and, and the paramedics, the cop gets the paramedics cell phone number, his private cell phone number. He was like, give me your cell phone number. And um, willed me in, they put me off to the side and then the cop came up or the cop walked in, you know, the emergency um, entrance. And um, he said, uh, come here, let me talk to you. And I said, I, I have nothing to fucking say to you. And go, he grabbed my chin and he goes, keep it that way. And he like pushed it in. Yeah. Wait, why were you brought to an emergency room? We'll talk about that another time. That's another oh, episode on Broken oh, oh. Girl Unchained. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> I'm done talking about that. Let's uh, let's manifest some good. Okay, so okay. Yes. you let's you you have a popular podcast, right? And you um and you also have a book called Family Jewels, and um a podcast titled Family Jewels, and podcast. um Family Jewels podcast. Because if you if you look up Family Jewels, you're gonna get um. Something different. Gene you Simmons. plugs. You bought plugs. Have you ever <laughs> no, tried Gene that? Simmons. <laughs> Gene curious. Simmons did a reality show uh, called Family Jewels. Oh, so if you go on Amazon show? right now, and if you were to look up my book and you look up Family Jewels without my name, you're just going to get a bunch of Gene Simmons stuff. Yeah. No, yeah. I agree. I agree. Sorry. I'm not that guy. I'm not that guy. Sorry. Yeah. I thought that was my loop. Okay. Okay. <laughs> So, no, I definitely like, nope, nothing in that. I, I don't do butt stuff. <laughs> like, ah. And that's why we're not married. <laughs> Neither do I. Neither do I. Listen. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you motherfucker. I've offered. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, my, my ex-wife. I got to tell you something. My ex-wife loved anal. She loved it, but to a That's guy, nice. you have to, <laughs> no wait. To a you, to a guy, you have to understand that anal is a lot like fucking a balloon. Yeah, look, he just laughed. <laughs> once you, once uh -huh. you get past the opening, it just opens up. It just opens so basically up. Basically, right? your dick is just hanging out in space. <laughs> so, so the first girl that I ever had anal sex with. I like, I like, as soon as I got in with plenty of lube and whatever, she said, don't move. <laughs> but, but she said it like a cop. She was like, don't move. <laughs> and, and she said it. And we sat there for a while. We sat there for so long that I started to like, look at the TV. Mm -hmm. And then after like, I don't know, 30 <laughs> seconds, she was like, you may begin. 
Oh my gosh, she was she was that polite about it, right? Well, I was just like, I felt like I was in traffic. I felt like I was like with a traffic cop in front of me, like just go, no, no, stop, just. And it it just wasn't a good experience. It wasn't a good experience, and my ex wife loved it. So we had to go and get her a butt plug. Why? What? I don't understand what a butt plug does. Does a plug something? Does plug a plug butt? Just stick it in the butt. No, when we went, when we went to this um, female-oriented sex shop, they had butt plugs, and they were like, "I make this." this. <laughs> <laughs> it, it it's like this. oh wait, they grow i mean they get bigger it's, it's not huge. just it's one huge. standard fucking size <laughs> well it was it was pretty small but at the end of it was a jewel which was the stopper so like you're putting somebody you're putting something in somebody's butt you want something to say hey that's enough let's stop it right here and they, <laughs> decide, they decided to put a jewel at the end of that so it's weird when somebody puts something in their butt and then you're going to put, you're going to be in the other side of them. You can feel that. I don't even want to think about that. <laughs> Wait, when somebody has a or butt plug in, a male can feel that. You're like, hey, there's something in your ass. That layer of skin is very, very thin. <laughs> so when she, I put the butt plug in, there was this jewel and I was in the other end and I just used to like the, sh- I used to like to shine the light of my phone on the jewel. Cause it was like, I was in a disco. <laughs> no, no. I could see you just like, ah, <laughs> she's all bent over. <laughs> Let's get on. It was tonight. weird. It was just weird. It was just weird. So I, it, it was just weird. All right. Okay, so moving on. <laughs> Enough of Toy Story. <laughs> Toy Stories. <laughs> don't, don't you love the part in Toy Story where uh, Buzz Sorry. Lightyear becomes the Mexican guy? Huh? Oh, his Spanish he oh. setting gets kicked over to Spanish. That's yeah. right. Isn't it the best? You're like, Antonio Banderas Jr. <laughs> Come here. I papi papi chulo. (laughs) I love that Buzz Lightyear, man. The whole fucking (laughs) that was like the best part built on Mexican Buzz Lightyear. Have you experienced any like corruption or I mean your case was pretty big, you know? And um, I mean, anyone that is taking jewelry, I'm sure. Taking healing. <laughs> well, I'll tell you how big it was. You were a bad oh. boy. Go on time out. <laughs> bad boy. Well, let's let's talk about scope. If you were to commit a robbery in your town, that would be a district attorney. We had the uh, Massachusetts State Attorney General handling our case. Shit. Which means it was a not only a statewide case. But a multi-jurisdictional case. Uh, multi-jurisdictional. Done... It's not federal, right? Because it wasn't. No, it, uh, it's not federal for multiple reasons because we didn't commit any federal crimes. Did uh, you want to go to federal prison, though? Oh, federal prison is the best. No, go to federal prison. Do it. That's why all <laughs> mobsters do it. 
No, RICO, when you get charged with a RICO violation, that means you're on a federal level. So they get to nail you with a bunch of years, but then you get to do federal time. So when you look at the last episode of Better Call Saul, if you haven't watched it, stop it. Go kill yourself. It's amazing. But he basically says in that he makes this this plea deal where he says, hey, I'm going to do federal time and I want a pint of mint julep ice cream every month. Like, that's the kind of shit when you do state time, go fuck yourself. (laughs) Especially for a long period of time, go federal. (laughs) No, It's the kind of place that when you go to chow and you see that you're eating chicken you also noticed that on the way to Chow, there were very few pigeons in the yard. <laughs> like that, like that's is it really like, that bad? Oh, so what kind of snacks? No, it's have? amazing. Like the chef, whatever you want. Like no, it's I don't want to. I don't want to go there. I'm just asking. <laughs> so since I have since I moved from Florida to Texas, and I've been all over the country, I moved. And one of the options I found curious on the menu of a breakfast place was grits. Like this is the thing in, in, in um, my cousin. So Vinny. What kind of, you, oh, grits, right? Grits, man. It's a grit. It, it's like the piece of the corn that, that no one ever fucking wants that they boil in water. And they say, here, put some salt on that. Eat it. Right. They fed that to us like four times a week. Oh my God. <laughs> So I sat in a Texas <laughs> diner the other day and I ate grits and I was like, this is fucking great. I, was like, <laughs> I, I had a knife so in I my know this is like, wrong. go ahead, try right. to take my grits. <laughs> but I loved it. It was like nostalgic. That's what happens to you in prison. All of the years of your life that you put a piece of turkey in your mouth at Thanksgiving, you're like, oh my God, this is nostalgic. Three years in prison, put a grit in my mouth. And I'm like, this is delicious. So let me ask you this with all the corruption and stuff like that. I mean, um, I mean, just to gear you um, in another direction um, with some of the corruption, was it like, I'll give you a biscuit. <laughs> no, wait, I'm going to tell know? you first of all, no, the corruption began before prison. So when we robbed a jewelry store, you had multiple options. So when the Anjulos ran Boston, you could have taken that stolen jewelry and gotten 10, maybe 20 cents on the dollar for it. When Whitey Bulger took over, you could get 40 to 50 cents on the dollar for it. And that's what we got. So from there, it was like, okay, we have a, we have a, a solid place to get rid of the sol- the stolen stuff. So it, it, it ended up um, pushing us in directions we... We didn't know we're available. So one of the first jewelry parties we had. And have you guys ever been to a jewelry party? I don't even know. Have you ever been to a dildo party? A dildo party is the same thing, but with jewelry. I've been to a Mary Kay. There you go. Okay. (laughs) The first jewelry party we had was with the Waltham police. No shit. And they bought almost $15,000 worth of shit. They became a regular buyer of our product because they were like, hey, I want to get something great for my wife this year. Uh, I could go to K Jewelers and get ripped off for blah, blah, blah. Or I can go to 
John Sobolewski at his 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 jewelry party and paid ten dollars per gram. And it, it, we started dumping our stuff anywhere we could, but part of that ended up being the police. From there, after we were arrested, so they dumped they uh, like um they put evidence like they bought stolen goods yeah they bought stolen goods (laughs) trying to process all of this i'm like wow so as a police force you're like okay we caught these guys um what did we find what they ended up finding in my dad's house was two duffel bags full of fake jewelry so when you look at the timeline of our robberies, the first robbery my dad did, the second robbery uh, we all did, the third robbery, somebody was murdered. We didn't murder him. Um, the guy that was hired after we walked away from that job murdered him. His name is James Ronco. And he is uh, doing life in prison in uh, New Hampshire State Conquer. Uh, it's in Concord Prison. For a job that we walked away from. Oh, so before it even happened. Like he killed so, somebody who was at the location or this is something so, that went down. So after. the second job. So the first job that we did with my dad was successful. The second job my dad presented to us as a guy that, hey, he runs the store. Um, he owes these people a bunch of money. That money is in their, it, it is in his safe. All you have to do is go in and take the safe down and you can have the rest of the store. That was how it was proposed to us. Okay. Wow. We walked, we cased that store for two weeks. And by casing, I mean, you like sit, yeah. you sit in a car and you just watch, but I got to tell you something. If I wore this shirt every single day that I was casing that place that sticks out. So you have to really start taking into account, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. How to blend uh, in casing me as I case. Mm-hmm. So we watched this guy for two weeks and we knew his patterns. We knew whatever we, we go in that day. And the guy who normally took his gun off before he opened the store came out with the gun on and he had, he had a cannon. Like he was like, he had to like rest his arm on the gun while he came out, what a cannon is <laughs> dirty Harry style, right? Oh, like Holy the big Christ, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like so the machine gun. In... Oh, no, oh, <laughs> we had this whole plan to be like, okay, we're gonna go in, we're gonna present my brother as he's just getting married, my dad's trying to buy him an engagement ring. This whole scenario we had, but as soon as we saw that gun, we were like, what the fuck? So the guy goes in the back and and, uh we i say to my dad what are we gonna do and we ended up leaving oh we ended up saying hey this guy is strapped we're not gonna do this anymore and we leave two days later james ronco who was doing life in prison for the murder of this guy walked in that store and shot him in the head and cleared out the store wow now is this something that these jobs are these things that you guys planned or i don't know if you can divulge that or what or are these no, at, look, at this are these point, coming all, from a third port a third party and or? no you right now if you go on to my podcast i will show you um articles of that guy being sentenced to life in prison 
uh, you will see all the details of what he did. So basically, he cleared out the store like we were going to do mm-hmm. after he murdered him, but we were never going to murder him. We were just going to handcuff him. <laughs> we we're bought handcuffs. Bro. <laughs> no, you have to understand, like right now, if you, at that yeah, time, your intention was to hurt anyone. It, no, we never intended. So when we went to go buy handcuffs, you couldn't buy them anywhere but a pornography store. We bought <laughs> handcuffs. <laughs> you got the fuzzy ones. Yeah, we bought the fuzzy ones. So I, I Are was you like, shut up. Awesome. Did you guys like dress up as anything? No, no, never. But you at guys the same just time, walked I, in there, I, have, I had pink whoa, lace. Whoa. I had pink <laughs> lace fucking handcuffs in my pocket. We were gonna handcuff this guy to a to a sink somewhere, and we were just gonna clean out the store. We knew where the videotape for his camera was. We knew everything about the store because my co-defendant was the guy that was this. He traveled everywhere. He knew everybody. So you have to have an inside person. I'm sorry, but there's no robbery that ever happens that's successful that doesn't happen without somebody on the inside that tells you where the alarm is, where the videotapes are, how to get them. It just doesn't happen. In and out in 90 seconds was my dad's rule. Mm-hmm. My dad would be like, Shh, let's go. Boom. And we went. And my, my brother was just like a fucking silverback gorilla. He was like, boom. And he would put any threat down. And we would go in and we would clear it out. And we were out in 90 seconds. Because that's the typical response time of most police stations. Yeah. So, I mean, do you get the adrenaline as soon as it, like, you start talking about it? You're just like, it, it how does it play in your head? I often liken this when I'm on stage doing comedy to somebody that is a thrill seeker. So if you jump out of a plane, you're going to jump out of that plane. You're going to get all this adrenaline. You're going to get adrenaline the night before. You're going to get adrenaline the day after. I always like it. <laughs> Maybe for two. life. <laughs> um, my adrenaline rush. Um, I don't have to fold a parachute at the end. I just get a pile of diamonds. So fuck you. Yeah. 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 That's my deal. I, and, right. and I, but I got to tell you that that this has all been um, you're talking about a five year span of my life that post that. So you're talking 1995 on. My life has been a shit show. I'm an ex-convict in America. It's not. So how is it now? I mean, like, it's not. I mean, you've done some amazing things and we'll get into that. But if you can take it back to um, what your life is now, opposed to that first day you were clenching cheeks. You know what I mean? The first day in the fucking shower, dropping the soap (laughs) and not picking it up. I can no. back you up from there. The 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 first thing. So as soon as you're sentenced by a judge, as soon as he says you are going upstate, my brain shut down. And they put me, they shackled me, wrists and, and ankles. And I got in the back of the van and my brain shut down. And it said, hey, Bri, don't get raped and don't get stabbed. That's all you have to do is spend the next three years not getting raped and not getting stabbed. And then after about a month of my sentence, my brain said, all right, Bri, just don't get stabbed. (laughs) (laughs) So you've already did, you already did the two out of one or two out of three. No, 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 no. But it's gone. The threat was gone. Like you already made a name for yourself. Would you do kill somebody? 
Uh, I killed everybody. <laughs> no, I, I think for me, the thing I'm, I'm most proud about this whole thing is, A, when I do comedy, it's from a place that very few comedians can come from. Mm-hmm. Can you name another ex-convict that can talk about that experience? There are very few. I only know of two, and neither one of them went like on a national level. Uh-huh. So that being said, I can't even uh, think of one. And and I would like to name either one of the two, but fuck them. Right. <laughs> this is your story, um, right? So I have been cultivating this idea that if I were to do a one-man show which is basically me getting up and telling, say, five stories. And after I do each story, an improv troupe comes out and tries to improv off of what I talk about. Um, it ends up being an amazing show. That'd be awesome. I would love to see it. It really is. Because not only that, but let's let's just say I do, a, let's just say you go and see Chris Rock. You wouldn't go see him two nights in a row. And if you did, you would see him do two identical shows. Same show. But if I did the same shows, but the improv troupe did something different each time, you would go see that show twice. Right. So it's kind of a cool way to say, hey, you don't have to, you might want to absorb the 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 repetition of my stories, but you're going to get a different interpretation from the improv troupe every, sing, every single time they come out. Right. So you do that. I mean, do you do the improv as much as possible? Do you do it once a week? I mean, how often? I mean, does I mean, how are you living now? You know, I mean, don't tell me you have a fucking playmate. (laughs) No, I got to tell you something at this point. um, There are very few marriages of improv and stand up comedy. They usually exist on on their own level. My story lends itself to the idea that, that hey, however sensational each story that I put out is, uh, an improv troupe can come out and reinterpret it every single night. So do you always tie in your story of the family jewels into your, Comedy? I mean, yes. oh my yes, God, of course. Why wouldn't wouldn't you? I know. Why I know. wouldn't you? No, I'm, I'm standing up, up. So let's just say I go to an open mic and there's 10 comedians. Nine of them are going to talk about online dating. I'm going to get up and talk about. I talk hey, about. Yeah. I talk about online dating with Mike. Yeah, you're all. Sorry, that's a podcast. Mike. That's sorry, nice. Mike. <laughs> yeah, but if you had something, you know, if you had a story like his, probably talk we about have, something a lot more stories. interesting than online dating, right? <laughs> no, you have stories. I don't really have stories. <laughs> I no, he has stories. Sorry. Okay, moving on. <laughs> I got to do. Um, I got to do my Gordon Ramsay impression for you. Okay. All right. You ready? <clears throat> ready. So here's the joke. I would like to have a threesome with Gordon Ramsay. What? Not because I want to bang Gordon Ramsay, but I think that his criticism would make me a better lover. <laughs> Let me tell This is what he would be like. You know, even working the clit, you motherfucker. <laughs> you fuck like a muppet stop it <laughs> and, and i would argue with gordon ramsay i would be like no she's having an amazing time and he would be like her nipples are raw <laughs> <laughs> and i would be like he would be like touch it and i would go to touch it and he would slap my hand and be like, stop touching it <laughs> 
That that's my Gordon Ramsay impression. Not like this. <laughs> if you go to Boston right now, there's there's one insult that you can throw out that will get you beaten up. <laughs> because that's his goal. <laughs> it, it it's called. Uh, I'm gonna say it. Actlikebrian.com. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Sperm burper. Now I'm gonna say it in the Boston <laughs> accent. You're a fucking sperm burper. Burpa. Sperm burper. I swear to fucking burpa. God. Like, you will get insulted by God. somebody from New England. <laughs> You'll get insulted for 20 minutes before you even understand one word. Like, <laughs> hey, it's like, hey, I'm going to go home and fuck your mother right fucking now. I swear to God, you fucking sperm burper piece of fucking shit. Like, like all of that at the same You'll hear like, all of that and you'll be like, I don't even know. Should I hit you or yeah. help you to an ambulance? <laughs> <laughs> Here's another thing I wanted to ask while I got you. We Go were ahead. there and we were just walking around and there was just this random religious fucking parade that went through. They had like a statue or something and they were carrying the statue and there was like a brass band playing and 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 it was just like, this was just like a random like fucking Tuesday or something. And they're and and here they were going right through this neighborhood, like having this. Is that is, they were yeah, they that? were they were holding a satanic ritual. It didn't look satanic. No, I got I gotta tell you something. So right, <laughs> I, I live I grew up in Peabody. Peabody? Peabody, but in New England talk, it's Peabody. <laughs> Right next to Peabody is Salem. You guys know Pretty. Salem, Massachusetts, yeah, yeah. correct? Of course. Oh my gosh. Yeah, my friend. Why do you know there. why yeah. do you know Salem, Massachusetts? I don't know, the witch hunts. Yeah. But okay. let me tell you, my friend just came back from there. She was texting me pictures and everything. She didn't even know that she was actually at the Salem. How do you oh. go to Salem and not realize you're Wait, in Salem? Wait, she, she was on mushrooms. How do you not know you're in Salem? No, she didn't know the background story. Okay. Well, you gotta you gotta understand how ridiculous that background story is. The witches. So that particular year that the witches were hung, the um the wheat harvest was tainted by a very warm day. Yeah. Which means it grew psilocybin. The same thing that mushrooms grow. Yeah. So that particular year that witches were hung, everyone was tripping out. <laughs> <laughs> And I was taught this in my uh, bachelor's degree by a Salem State University fucking um, teacher. Everybody was dosed up. So no shit you saw witches flying. That is awesome. The trials never happened in Salem. They happened in South Danvers, which is right now Peabody. So shit. Yeah. yeah. Your town is where the trials took place. (laughs) Yes. Awesome. Motherfucker. And it's 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 I'm not, that's it's, nice. <laughs> but if you go to Salem, Massachusetts, anytime in October, you are in you are in for just a cacophony of just I don't even know what to say because there's like a pirate museum in Salem. Like witches <laughs> were hung, and you're like, hey, let's put a pirate museum here. <laughs> Nothing makes sense there, and it's amazing. You should totally check it out. You know what this town could use. <laughs> <laughs> Some a pirate museum. <laughs> I, 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 
I hired a woman when I was working at Gold's Gym. Uh-oh. She said, hey, I used to be a manager of the Pirate Museum. And I was like, hey, in October, how much money do you make? And she was like, we would take in 90 grand in cash on one day. Oh, my God. What? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, to see a bunch of fucking pirates. Now, this wasn't like a, a makeshift brothel or something like that. <laughs> Trust me, I tried to fuck everything in that store. No. <laughs> I tried <laughs> and did I not su- succeed. No, Salem is amazing. Seriously, like if you go on Halloween, it fills with like 800,000 people. And all of them are like decked out in costume. It's an amazing celebration. But in at Salem? midnight, the cops just the cops just come in with their fucking clubs and they just clear the place. It is the most amazing clearance of people in a single hour <laughs> I have ever seat. seen. <laughs> Better than your video. Witches get stitches. <laughs> right. right, right. At least they don't get hung. Right. Okay. Well, if they're lucky, right? They meet the right guy. <laughs> meet the right guy. What the fuck? That's some fucked up shit. You hear that? So, so growing up out there, do you have like a a, a witch gothic girl kind of? That's his hang dream. Up or... Yeah, that's his no, dream. I got, I Sorry, I can't fulfill that thing. for you. I got a stepmom thing. I come from New England. Oh, oh God, oh, you should hear about the stepmom that. thing. Yeah, <laughs> I saved this one just for you. <laughs> this no, is for it, all it... the hot moms, all the hot stepmoms. You know. Because there are children that you might mother that might be having <laughs> thoughts about you. No, I, I haven't mothered any children. <laughs> <laughs> I went But into I'm saying, stuff. like, you know, for other women and other moms, you know, stepmoms. I mean, she she mothered you, right? No, she was, she was a, a stepmom. No, she was a total bit. She didn't pack your lunch or... <laughs> No, she was a, she was the stepmom that made me sit at the table for six hours because I wouldn't eat the broccoli. Ugh. Oh, I was so turned on. <laughs> he loves his stepmom. I was just like, so no, let's, yeah. let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and tell our listeners about the stepmom. <laughs> no, I found like my dad left my mom. And I got to tell you something. My mom was a fucking psychopath. My mom was committed to a mental institution about every three months. And I was, I was a little kid. I was like, mom, <laughs> She's <I> was, mild. <laughs> settle down. Settle down. That's the only break he gets. <laughs> I was, I was such a sensitive kid that like, I was like, mom, are you really crazy? And she, she was like, no, I just need a break from you people every couple of months. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> I was like, mom, just fucking take a vacation. And she was like, show me a vacation where they leave a little Petri dish of Valium next to your bed. <laughs> and I'll fucking call it Cedar right now. Like she loved me. My mother loved the Thorazine shuffle. If you guys even know what Thorazine is. I know exactly what Thorazine is. And, all right. There you go. It what was Thorazine? like. This sounds like a medicine. Anything that I N E I'm all about. Right. Benzodiazepine. No, uh, you're fucked. <laughs> oh, Thorazine. No, these are the things you want to stay away from. Osis. You don't want an osis. What's an osis? An osis? Um, that's the, never mind. Let's go on. Okay. 
moving on. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, so, and what else? About what? About the medicine. Which medicine? I'm lost. You are. Take your hat off. It's too tough. No. <laughs> what the fuck? I'm um, <laughs> Take your hair off. Fucking mullet. <laughs> mullet? No, it's not ready yet. Don't tell me. You're going to grow the little tail in the back? No, I got to tell you, like, I'm at the point, I'm at 52, and I'm at the point in my life where You're it's like- You're 52 I'm, years old? Five, two. What the fuck? Sorry. No, stop it. I thought you're, no, no I, I thought you were like, like mid-40s. I, ne- I never thought you were- much, That's not much of a compliment. That's like, oh, you're 52? I thought you were 50. <laughs> basically <laughs> you look about 50 not 50 right on the, no it's it, no it's just my head like it this is the point where you have to make the decision of whether or not you're going to go just for men <laughs> go with it and so many girls are like no i like salt and pepper and it's like no on your burritos you like that not on your man. <laughs> not, not on your man. i do i like salt and pepper on my man what the Stop fuck it. Is mike how old are you 49 no, fuck you. No. Right. You're right there. Yeah, yeah. He, he's not for you can out he can out fuck me, out beat me. <laughs> he can out like he just he's good at everything he does in the world. Like I don't know what like he doesn't do good. Like he just does everything good. Okay, so I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you can't one up that. <laughs> yeah, I really can't. I was like, okay, well, uh, I can do 10 push ups. That's about it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, all I got. <laughs> well, it was such a ball having you here today and um, on this Friday night having drinks. I'm all nasally. Can you hear that? No. It's like an extra tune <laughs> to my whistle. <laughs> um, you're going to hear okay. it about 4 a.m. this morning when she's snoring her ass off. That's what you're, right. you're going to hear. It. Me? It's funny because she'll always get on my ass about, oh, you, you never, you know, I'm always praising you and you're always giving me shit. And it's like, like the family I grew up in, when you gave somebody a hard time, when you gave them shit, like that was praise. Like if we didn't, if we That's didn't give you, you shit, yeah, <laughs> then we didn't like you. <laughs> like if we were nice to you, we didn't fucking tease you. It's not you. Hey, baby, you weren't coming at, around like, hot today. But if I tease you, then yeah, that's it, like, it's not. It, it's like sit. Sicilian foreplay. No, this is, this is Mike's <laughs> flirting. Okay, this is Mike's flirting. I get a text and it says, "Oh, here we go." Tell your boobies I said hi. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so and I'm just like after well, my shower. Them. After my shower. <laughs> Listen, you know what? After after as long as you guys have been together, that's an amazing text to still be getting. Other than, hey, pick up fucking milk on your way home, bitch. Like, or where are the smokes? Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> man. You guys are an inspiration. Please, you guys are an inspiration. I you know, I mean, yeah, yeah, this is like are... Hollywood record breaking. You know, status right here, five years. <laughs> yeah, and I think it just comes from like a history of both of you guys going through enough shit. That that's how two people come together. Yeah, well, he's been through it all with me and for me. And you know, I mean, that's all you can really ask for in a relationship is someone just to stand by you, to go through the um through the storm with you, you know. And it's like no matter what 
you know, as long as you have your best interests at heart for your family and your friends and you don't want to hurt anyone, you're not doing anything with malice intent, then I think like a, we could make it last. We can. And so we will, like, we'll, we'll talk more about that. We'll talk more okay. about that because Let's I'm going to have you back on very shortly, unfortunately, because we have taken so much time to, you know, get to know one another. And there's so many, like, like I said, this guy is very, he has an extraordinary sh- story. First of all, I mean, that's just the tip of the fucking iceberg, mm-hmm. you know? And it's just like, I want to make sure that I'm putting in, and giving you enough time to, you know, tell your stories and, you know, and give as much time as as we can. But it's probably good that we, you know, chop it up a bit. Let's do part two soon. Yes, right. absolutely. Until next time, this is Julia and Mikael, and you're listening to Broken Girl Unchained. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Oh, my, uh, I just had to click something legal for Christ's sake. Hold on. I got to get my lawyer here. Oh, shut up. Like your waitress. (laughs) I'm being recorded. And now I just, you know, when, when, when I went to school and they asked me to get up and do the pledge of allegiance, I was like, no, I'm not doing shit until my lawyer gets here. (laughs) Liberty and justice for all is bullshit. Yeah, negative. (laughs) I want to move. I'm not doing it. Hey guys. Hey, hey, hey. I'm going to reposition myself. I feel a little weird. Mike's all high. Okay, there. (laughs) Wait, mic is high or your microphone is high? Two different things. A little column A, a little column B. (laughs) Raise your drink. Who's drinking? We all are. We all are. We all are. Salute. All right. So hold on. Let me teach you how to do that in Bostonian. Cheers. Who's drinking? You you can't leave a girl hanging. Wait, <laughs> who's drinking? We all are. We all, we all are. We all are. Let's all fucking drink. Wicked ass. <laughs> mm. So happy. Okay, to be- let's go ahead and get started. Let's do it. Okay, five, four, three, two, and one.